Welcome to another episode of In Focus. My name is Candace Fitch and I'm a portfolio manager at IAIC. Today we are chatting with IAIC's president and CEO, Mike Gaswitz. Welcome to the webcast, Mike. Thanks, Candace. Great to be here. How are you? What's it feel like being in the host chair? I love flipping the script on you. This is fantastic. Yeah, we'll see how this works. Yeah. So it's been about nine months since you became president and CEO at IAIC. Would you mind sharing with us some of your observations and what about IAIC excites you the most? Oh, thanks. Uh, Love to, Candice. First of all, it doesn't feel like nine months. Uh, It's been a blast. So that's a really good sign. I hope everybody else feels that way as well (laughs) on the team. But uh, no, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Obviously, before joining the team, did a little of my own due diligence. And uh, yeah, everything turned out exactly like what everyone said in terms of the people, the team, the processes, and what we do. So uh, yeah, it's just it's just been absolutely fantastic. Perfect. And what is it that you're most excited about at IAIC? Well, I, I, you know, for sure, it's it's the you know besides the people and uh, and the team, I would say it's it's the whole approach. It's how we do things. Uh, the the mere fact that uh, we have the accountant or the CPA sitting at the same table as folks like yourselves, the portfolio manager, as well as the financial planner is uh, quite honestly, just a, a just a, a a better solution from my perspective, at least my opinion in, in terms of uh, providing solutions or better outcomes to our clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, is this a normal thing that you've come across in your tenure in the industry? It is not, and in, you know, again, back to why why I joined the team, and uh, again, thrilled to have the opportunity. But uh, no, and it's not, and I, I'd say that's one of the other things I've discovered is coming on board. While I think for sure people got it that obviously this is something that's unique, and and again leads to better client uh, outcomes. Uh, you know, if if there's you know an observation is we don't we don't do enough to let our clients know or you know, possible future clients know about that value and that strength of that. And, and, and so that's something that, you know, as you know, yourself, myself, the team, we're, we've now set ourselves that objective to do a better job in terms of communicating that value. Absolutely. Can you expand on what our approach forward is going to be to be able to communicate that better? That's a great question. And I just happen to have... <laughs> <laughs> a power a PowerPoint slide, nice animation, uh, brought you know created by our marketing marketing folks. So why don't I? I'm going to share my screen. Just do that. Just bear with me. Hit share. Okay, you're seeing that, Candace. Yes. Fantastic. So um, first, first of all, you know, like anything. So I'm a bit of a marketer. And uh, so, uh, you know, if you have something and you're trying to succinctly articulate that to to an audience, to your clients or what have you, you need to call it something. And and so that's what I've, I've seen is that folks are, and rightly so, they're doing a lot of hand waving, trying to explain the value of having these three professionals at the table. And so right here, you can see down the lower uh, corner, we've decided to call it something, call it a sub-brand, but uh, the idea is calling this tri-cert. The fact is that we have three 
certified professionals sitting at the table focused on the client. So you have, again, the uh, CPA, the accountant, yourself, the CIM, the uh, portfolio manager, and uh, and then the CFP, the financial planner. And right. so, so the first thing we're doing is just, you know, nothing's changing in terms of how we're doing things, but it's just making it easier for us to articulate uh, to uh, to folks in terms of the value that we we bring to the table. And it again, it's back to that power of integration. So one of the things that you know, uh, you know, I discovered early on working with yourself as you uh, brought me up to speed in terms of how we do things, uh, Candice, was the notion of a household. And uh, so you know, I think for most folks, you're like, well, that's kind of obvious. And uh, while uh, you know, in a household you have individuals, and uh, you know, most other wealth management firms will talk about a household, but the reality is. We, we really do view things on a household basis, and that carries through that whole process. And this is one of the things in talking with you, Candace, and Joel, and Brian Durno, and the other folks on the team, that it became obvious we do we go above and beyond what other most other wealth management firms do in terms of, of how we manage things. We use the term household, but as you know, that you know, our clients are they're not. They're not simple from the perspective of their setup. Most of them are owner operators. So they have at least one corporation, maybe several corporations alongside their household and other aspects to their life. And so while we use the term household to a certain extent, it's almost a mini enterprise. So that's kind of the, the construct that you guys quickly, uh, again, brought me up to speed on. I think in terms of articulating the process, uh, again, we work with CPAs, they're our partners, they're the, you know, the linchpin in all of this. And so most CPAs have the notion of, of a tax plan associated with that household, whether that's a formal document or an informal document, but that accountant basically has that tax plan. Mm -hmm. And now central to the, the, this, this, this whole aspect of what we do is this notion of a financial plan. So we have the CPA, but that's where we bring in the next professional, that CFP, the Certified Financial Planner. Mm -hmm. You take a step back, what's a financial plan? It's basically that whole concept of understanding clients' goals. You know, example goals could be retirement or saving for the kid's education or, or maybe leaving a legacy uh, to, to the next generation, what have you. Um, think about every goal. You have a purpose, you know, basically what's it for that kind of articulates how much you may need. And, and then the time horizon, when are you going to actually need those assets? And, uh, so that's, you know, I'm simplifying, but that's basically what financial planning does. And, and one thing I always like to make clear is because, you know, some folks may think, well, if you, if you're fairly well off, do you really need a financial plan? And the short answer is absolutely. I, I believe everybody should have a financial plan. Because a lot of this has to do, you know, maybe you're in a great position, fantastic, um, but you you also want to make sure that, um, for example, tax savings. And while we talk about the tax plan, you can see how that does feed through uh, this whole process to try and minimize taxes being paid. I think we're we're all interested in doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the corollary is true in terms of 
let's say you don't have a lot of uh, you know financial assets, do you still need a financial plan? And our belief is yes, yes, you do, because you have to look to the future, and uh, and those goals are there. They may be pretty far out, but you have to, you know, as we all know, the sooner you start working against those goals, the better off uh, clients will be. So moving on, we have these goals. What does our process do from there? Um, without getting too technical, I can't can't help myself, especially working with, uh, again, folks like yourself, Candice. Um, you see this acronym here, SAA, stands for Strategic Asset Allocation, complicated acronym that really just says, okay, in, uh, in, in the accounts associated or uh, the assets set aside for this particular goal, what would be the split between the various asset classes? Simplest form would be, say, equities or fixed income, bonds, preferred shares, things like that. That is, you know, again, the, the simplified uh, definition of what strategic asset allocation is. That is driven by, now we bring in the third, the third professional. This is where you come in, Candace, as you well know, uh, basically the CIM, Certified Investment Manager or CFA. And uh, one aspect that feeds this is this notion of KYC. And KYC in, 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 in the finance term is know your client, which is so critical for us. Um, I don't, you can describe maybe just briefly what, what's that process like, Candace? Sure. So really it is just getting to know the client, who they are, uh, their goals and objectives, but also how they feel about risk. To be able to accurately assess someone's asset allocation, there's a lot of kind of playing therapist almost. You know, you really have to get down into, you know, how do people really feel about risk? Because there's a lot of different characteristics, but it comes down to we want people to sleep at night. Exactly. And that's a great term, sleep at night. I know our CIO, uh, Joel Baker, uses that term to describe our investment approach. So risk capacity, risk tolerance, that's, uh, you know, like you said, it's uh, basically a bit of the art of what we do in Absolutely. terms of, so understanding that element of risk guides us here as we set out, if you will, these strategic asset allocations against each of these goals. Now you notice this SAA only has a little prime on it because the next step is, okay, we have these, if you will, these these asset mixes on a per goal basis. But the next thing we do, and we'll articulate why we do this, is then we blend those, those SAAs, if you will, into one, one strategic asset allocation across the household or the enterprise, if you will. So we blend those together and we do that, uh, well, 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 basically for efficiency from a tax perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and so let's let's go to that. So that feeds into our next process, something we call QSECT. Now we're going to have another, there's another uh, web episode that uh, you and I will be chatting through this in more detail, but it's highest level. QSECT is this next term that we're introducing. Again, we're not doing anything new, but we're just putting a name against it. So folks can, again, readily understand how, how we, how we, well, in this case, how we manage assets. Mm -hmm. So QSECT is a, is a short form for quality and sector. So our investment approach is, first of all, we look for quality investments. We, we're not traders. We are investors and we hold assets for the long term. We look for quality names 
And we do it on a sector-based approach, i.e. utilities, financials, industrials. I think we have five at the high level. And how, how many does it break down, Candace, to? Yes, five okay. sectors, and then there's multiple subsectors below. Subsectors underneath that. Now, you might go, well, that seems intuitively obvious. And, well, it is. But if you look at most other wealth management firms and you look at how they actually manage the assets, they do it on a geography basis, which is kind of more of a legacy approach. Uh, we, you guys, figured out early on that actually it's a global economy. Headquarters typically don't really matter. It doesn't matter what geography they're in. What really matters is what industry or what sector they're in. Absolutely. So, and so we're going to have another uh, discussion about this. So I won't go into any more detail there. But uh, again, this is something that coming in from the outside, you guys just kind of said, oh, yeah, and this is how we do it. And I'm like, that is fantastic. And that's something, again, we have to really reinforce that our clients know about. Now, what that leads in is to asset location. Actually, before I do that, I should mention there's this little process here on the side, little but important, where we do tax gain loss harvesting. So this is, this is the value, again, of having the accountant, the CPA at the table, working with yourself. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, on an annual basis, mm -hmm. you guys have the conversations, the communications in terms of what should we be doing or what should you be doing as a portfolio manager in terms of, uh, again, taking advantages of, of losses, for example, to try and offset gains elsewhere in the household, correct? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. So, so, so that's an important thing happens on an annual basis, but now let's come back to this asset location. And so this is critical in terms of of trying to, again, you know, do the optimal, take the optimal approach for uh, uh, trying to minimize tax at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine that asset location, again, back to the household. What is a household? Well, it's, it's individuals, but it's also entities as well. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea here is to take this this, this blended SAA, so we have now this asset allocation, and now we, we basically take the asset class and put them in the most efficient, if you will, entity and account mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to optimize uh, basically at the end of the day after tax returns to the class. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that different types of securities have different tax properties and different types of accounts have tax different tax properties. So this is a really important step in our process. Exactly. And again, it's just this highlight. It ties back to the whole notion of the household, why we do this blending of SAA. And, and, and with that blend, we can now be much more uh, flexible in terms of how we allocate the assets uh, again across those accounts. If you think of what you know, what do most other wealth management firms do? They will set up a strategic asset allocation on an account by account basis, and uh, so you may you know in a typical another wealth management firm, typically you won't see an account with say for example a hundred percent equities. Right, that's that's rare. In our case, you will see that because it is the most tax efficient. Now, mm -hmm. it's also 
likely one of the most riskier positions. However, when you boil back up from a, a household perspective, you guys do an excellent job. You're managing the risk all back to the KYC because we're looking at things on a household basis. Mm -hmm. Again, it's one of those things that came in. You guys are like, well, this is kind of obvious. It just makes sense to do this. And it does. But I can tell you, not a lot of firms do that. And it's something we want to really reinforce with our clients. Definitely. Last but not least is insurance. And we're going to have another discussion about this. Um, first of all, do not adjust your sets that A. So first of all, the process, we call it adapt. And that is an upside down A. It, 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 that's on purpose. Uh, we'll discuss why it's an upside down A in the in our next webcast, just to keep our our audience uh, uh, eager to listen to the next uh, web episode. But the whole idea here is uh, I've observed, I think most people have observed in the wealth management business that sadly, there are some pretty bad actors uh, when it comes to insurance. And uh, that is absolutely not what we're about. We have a disciplined process. And the whole concept here is similar to Similar to what we've done here in terms of goals, and you can see it feeds from the financial plan. We're not looking to sell insurance for the purpose of selling insurance. We're looking, we, in most cases, we will not offer insurance unless we have the construct of a financial plan. It's very difficult for our insurance folks to do what they need to do unless there is a financial plan. Why? Because it's all about goals. It's all about either protection, protecting a lifestyle, or trying to optimize taxes because those are the values of insurance. And uh, But you have to take it in the context and that's what our ADAPT process do. So we're going to talk more about that in that uh, in another uh, webcast or web episode. But uh, again, I was very thrilled to see that the, the folks on the insurance agency are just, they're just operating. Again, it's back to that, that integration of the CPA alongside the insurance consultant that, that again, leads to better outcomes in the construct of the overall financial plan. And so we'll talk about that later on. And so now we take a step back. What a beautiful diagram, right? <laughs> I know it's a little busy, but, uh, but once you see it all built out, you start to get a feeling for our approach. May raise a lot of questions, but that's why I've got people on the team. But, uh, but this is the tri-cert approach. Again, it's something I know you know all about. You live this every day, but uh, I think it's important for for our clients to to also gain an understanding and uh, hopefully an appreciation for for how we do what we do. Absolutely, thanks so much for sharing this with us, Mike. Where can people go if they want more information? Well, for sure, they can always reach out to myself and uh, obviously yourself, Candice, but, uh, you know, the best source of information is always your own, you know, your uh, your uh, portfolio manager. Don't hesitate to ask them uh, anything about what we've talked about today or on any other topic. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today about our new TriCert process. Uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Candice. 